Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have come together to create a better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders, encircling you with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Music of the Mat, a podcast devoted exclusively to the music of professional wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm the Barbarian, Andrew Rich. Joining me, as always, on this muscular mystery tour is my good friend and partner, the Scorelord, Chris Maffei. And together, we are your hosts, the Power Chords of Pain. Chris, today is a very special day. This is an episode of firsts, if you will. Not only is it our first album review, which we'll get to in a few minutes. This is also our first episode with our first very special guest. So, Chris, please introduce to the audience who is today's special guest. With us today, we have none other than Sean Cedor from VoicesOfWrestling.com. One of the MVPs of VoicesOfWrestling.com, I would say. He's on everything. And if you need a review, Sean Cedor is going to come in in the clutch. Very happy to have you with us here, making the flight all the way over to Japan. No less. Man, it was a long flight. I know we're all we're all a little jet-lagged, we're all a little tired, but we're here now. We're representing NJPW Mecca here with our boy Kadani. <laughs> we're drinking a lot of Cokes. We're, we're getting it done. So, Sean, welcome to Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for joining us. No problem. No problem. It's, I'm actually kind of flattered that I'm your first guest. It's kind of weird because when I first heard of this concept that, you know, you guys were doing a podcast about music and wrestling, it was sort of like, I, th- I kind of see it as like it's a podcast that you didn't really know that you needed and then when you finally hear it it's like why has nobody else thought of this before so a lot of credit to you guys for coming up with this concept and I guess I'm again I'm flattered to be I mean it would have been cool to have been a guest anyway but I guess it's pretty much a like an amazing honor to be your very first guest honestly you were one of the first people that came to mind and uh and i've i've met you before you know i met you at a ring of honor show so Mm -hmm. you know it's our first time having a guest so you know we wanted to go with someone that we know and go with someone who who we know does a great job in a writing sense so we thought that you would do a great job here on this episode so very happy to have you yeah it's a little bit of pressure because i gotta sort of set the bar for the future so but ho- hopefully it turns out good. Hopefully it turns out good. We have a lot of confidence in you, Sean. Don't worry. Sean, give just, just give us a brief overview, if you will, of your history with wrestling, wrestling music, that kind of stuff. Well, it's kind of weird because I feel like when you're talking to me, I'm kind of one of those people who's starting to get into that generation. That I guess you're going to be seeing more in the next you know, couple of years, I guess, where like I didn't grow up in a world that had like, like I didn't like when I first started watching wrestling, like WWE was the only company that i knew because like mm-hmm. uh i think 2004 was roughly right around where i when i started because you know obviously wcw and ecw had gone out of business by that point um though i actually sort of got into wrestling not really through watching it necessarily but through video games because when i was younger around that time my favorite game system was actually the gamecube 
Ah. And the the two games, the two games that I still adore to this day, and I'm we're very sad that I don't have the GameCube anymore, um, were Mario Kart Double Dash, which is, in my opinion, still still the best Mario Kart game ever. And then the other game that I had was actually WrestleMania 19. Oh yeah. Which is I guess infamous for the fact that like the storyline part of the game is really weird because he spent most of it outside of the ring. <laughs> like I'm pretty, I'm I'm pretty sure that there's a match in there where you where the object is to throw your opponent into an oncoming traffic and have them hit by a car. Yeah. <laughs> it was WrestleMania Revenge. That was the game mode. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that that was sort of my gateway. Um, because then once I started playing that, and I started going to wrestling, though. Yeah, yeah, and just started watching wrestling and started with WWE. And I, I just got, I sort of feel like that nowadays, it's sort of like, I feel like most people, how they get start watching wrestling, and it's kind of like a sort of a trickle-down thing. Like, I started with WWE, and then I eventually I found TNA in, like, 2006. And then uh, 2009, 2010, I found Ring of Honor, and then from there I started discovering, you know, PWG... Uh, the independence and then it was around 2013 that i discovered new japan which is which i guess is the big topic of discussion for this week's episode so um the 2013 g1 i think was my gateway into new japan uh back when the tournament was like in like 10 days and every match was a tournament match yeah and back when i think like he had to pay i think when it was on ustream and he had to pay like like 15 dollars for a show oh yeah or something like that, and it's like gone from that to now, where you can just watch it all on New Japan World. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I I feel like that you know again start with WWE and then just sort of like trickle down once I got older and discovered more stuff. Now you mentioned video games, and we definitely have to have you back on when we do one of our episodes on on the music and wrestling video games because that's oh, something yeah. that we definitely want to touch on for sure. But the reason I think you came to mind for this particular review for this album is that there is quite a bit of ROH crossover mm-hmm. on this album. You know, you, you got like Adam Cole, you got Hangman Page, even even the Bullet Club to a degree. I mean, ROH of recent years has been something of almost a New Japan USA to a degree. Right. Um, and being that you're so well-versed in ROH and, and also New Japan and you do like the Honor Rising reviews, this is almost like Honor Rising the album so to speak. So looking forward to hearing your insights on that aspect of everything. Right. And I think just looking at the list of wrestlers who are on here, I think pretty much all of them aside from like maybe one has appeared on an ROH show proper in some form or fashion in the last, Mm. you know, two or three years. So that's very interesting. Very interesting. I think, I think literally Sonata is the only one who has not wrestled in ROH at some point. The Young Alliance too. Uh, this, this sort of recent crop, yeah, this crop haven't uh, haven't showed up, but uh, yeah, this is a very New Japan Ring of Honor heavy album. I will mention though that uh, New Japan Greatest Music Volume Five, there is one particular song that is not on this album, which uh, me and Chris were a little uh, a little annoyed here that it's not a, there. Uh, Love and Energy, Hiroshi Tanahashi's new theme, a very polarizing theme, right? Very mm-hmm. love hate relationship with some of the fans. Uh, the whole go ace thing it's it's very uh very interesting that this song is not on the album particularly because a couple of the songs here also made their debut at the Tokyo Dome show this past January so it's very interesting that, that this is not included yeah the timing would have made all the sense in the world and i thought that they would 
build this album release around the release of Love and Energy, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'm not really sure. I'm not privy to how they conduct their business in terms of releasing the albums in Japan. That's still something that has had to really cross over to international markets because it's not really made available in any sort of timely matter. And you kind of have to get the album how you have to get the album, so to speak. So that's one thing that I am a little bit frustrated on, not only the distribution of the album to international markets, it's, you know, the fact that, you know, I can't drive to work listening to Go Ace, you know? Yeah. And on that same point, I also thought, I mean, I guess we'll talk about this more when we get to those particular songs, but Obviously, I found that the new Tanahashi thing, Tanahashi theme not being on there was a little weird. But I also thought it was weird that both the Bullet Club theme, the the more the one that we've come to know today, and the Rapunky Vice theme were on here. Because just because I felt like those songs have been around for a few years now. So it for me, it was kind of odd looking at the the song list of that album and being like, oh, okay, these are on there when I've literally I've had both of those songs on my phone hmm. for like two years at this point so it's like they're not they're, they're not new so it's kind of confusing as to why they're on this album that's an interesting point as well and I think I think when we do get to those there will be a reason for why that they are just showing up now in terms of who the composer is of both of those we've got a lot of songs to get through here uh, a great number of tracks we should mention, by the way, before we get into it, most of the songs uh, on this album are done by New Japan's resident composer, Yonosuke Kitamura. He is the New Japan composer nowadays, so though he is the guy for most of these songs. Unless otherwise noted. Unless otherwise noted, which we will note, of course. Track number one, this is the theme for the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada. This is the Tokyo Dome 2017 version of Rainmaker. Okada is pushed too much in New Japan, check out his theme song, because as the title of the album suggests, there are five volumes of these New Japan theme collections. With the exception of, I believe, volume three, Okada is on every single one of them. Rainmaker, the Rainmaker theme is on every single one of these albums except for volume three. So it's another year, another album, another version of the Rainmaker theme. Very interesting. Yeah, it reminds me of when Dude Love was on like two WWF albums in a row. Mm. <laughs> Okada, really, the Dude Love of New Japan when you think about it. Just videos of him like, you know, surfing, oh, surfing through the sky. Yes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> him like running backwards yeah. through like a cornfield or whatever it was. 
Oh, jeez. Someone get on that, please. Uh, the song itself, regardless of how many times it's been used, this is, you know, the, the Tokyo Dome 2017 version. This is what he came out to against Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom 11 this past January. And uh, I gotta say, this song is fucking awesome. This version of it. I, I mean, I'm not complaining that it's on again, because when you've got this, this epic intro to the Rainmaker theme, I, it's completely warranted to put this in the album. Honestly, that was probably my favorite part of the song because obviously I mean you can make subtle changes to it but Okada's main theme is still basically the same thing even if they make subtle changes to it um, but I really enjoyed listening to kind of the intro because I feel like that's something that's not really exploited enough in a place like say WWE I mean they've kind of done it a few times where I think Finn Balor has a slight tweak to his like intro to his song, depending on whether he's like just regular Finn Balor or the Demon. And then I know last year when uh, I think it was Takeover Brooklyn, where Nakamura had that violinist or Venus or I, I don't know the term for that, but he had that that special musical guest come and perform on violin for his entrance theme. And they later released that version of the song onto iTunes. So it was it was really cool because he had the, all the extra violin in there, and it was a really awesome intro to that song. And again, it's something that I don't think WWE like takes advantage of enough. Like you could do that for like, if you have a special intro for somebody on WrestleMania, you could have like a special like intro for them and then like, you know, release that song and you know, song and whatnot. Um, but back to Okada, I just think, yeah, I really enjoy Cause I think, I think the video that was based on was sort of like zooming in from outer space like sort of zooming in on the earth, then in Japan, then into Tokyo, then into the Tokyo Dome. So that was that was a really epic start to his traditional theme song. Yeah, and it had all these cool synths and these effects and just a great little chord progression, a big rising feel to it building into the main theme. I love, like you said, I love a special intro, an extended intro. It just gives the match that's about to happen, it gives it that much more of a special feeling, just a big time epic feel. And I love, there's nothing I love more than an extended version of an intro of a theme. One of the ones that comes to mind is uh, Jimmy Susumu's theme. Love Jimmy Susumu's extended epic intro. It, it just, it, I go nuts for it. Right before a big time match, you want the little extra bells and whistles. I love this version, but there was also another version, a prior version of Okada's theme that had a special intro to it. And that one just gets me hyped every time I hear it. But I love this as well. And leading up into the coin drop intro, which in itself is brilliant, I love it. It, it gets me hyped. Every time I was listening to this, I wanted to go back and watch Omega Okada again, because I just think it's uh, it serves its purpose so well in creating that atmosphere for a big-time match. Yeah, it's the, right, it's the right combination of sounds. You've got the... Sort of like the sense going the... But you also have the... So it's this right combination to really build it up to a climax, and just just you know, like, like you said, Chris, just drops into the ching ching. It's all about choosing the right you know sounds to sort of use as the build up, which this song really does so well. And you know that coin drop intro, love that. And I always think of Okada when I hear a coin drop. <laughs> like, it, it's synonymous now. Not even just the song, you know? Someone drops a quarter on the floor. I think of this song. I think of Okada. And it's always great to have a signature sound that snap of your fingers. People can identify that right away. You right. hear it. You know who it is. And it feels important. 
And I, that's one of the things that I really love about Okada's theme, aside from the fact that it just has a great energy to it in and of itself, the song itself. I mean, it's a really cool riff, great lead guitar work. One thing I'd like to point out about this song is that it's not dry. It manages to sound like it almost has arena ambience to it in the song, the mix itself. You listen to it and you almost feel like you're in the arena listening to it. You know, it's not overdone, but I think it's just enough that it gives it, it feels alive. You feel like you're there or you want to be there. So it must be amazing to actually be there and experience this song live with the entrance. You got the money falling all over the place. You got Okada coming out. It must be incredible. Right. Or or in the case, if you're like me at one of the War of the Worlds shows, you're one of the people throwing the money as Okada's <laughs> coming down the ramp. But I'll tell you, they do need to get on that Okada entrance video and, and remake it in the style of Dude Love, <laughs> because that would just put it over the top. All I can picture now is just Okada coming out to, hey, 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 hey. But he's, but he's still doing the poses, like, he's all cool. Okada! <laughs> oh, God. Okada! Okada, baby! <laughs> I mean, just like, like Chris, you know, the wailing guitars, just the, 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 it's a drive. That's what it is. Like, the song is like a, a constant driving beat to it. It's that dun 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 dun. It's like, it's very, you know, nonstop and in your face, which is a great song to have for you know a top guy like Okada. A great rock track, it really is. All right, track number two. It is the second of our 2017 Tokyo Dome versions of uh, previously released themes. This is for Okada's opponent at the Tokyo Dome. This is Kenny Omega's theme. This is the 2017 Tokyo Dome version of Devil's Sky. to say terminator kenny is so much better than terminator triple h yeah definitely and when especially when you consider the fact that terminator triple h was based on terminator genesis which you know at that point the terminator franchise you're getting really i mean i didn't even see that movie so i think kenny did a great job in actually referencing the best movie when he did when he did the video this is fucking awesome this song absolutely i mean the just the song without the extra intro and the added Terminator elements, this is already an amazing theme. But when you add all this stuff in, it's just perfect for his special entrance. And again, I will never listen to this and not think of that entrance and not think of that match. I mean, I don't want to come off just just endlessly praising Yonosuke Kitamura, but that's I think that's what it's going to be this episode because I love the way he does these special intros. I just think it captures everything that I love about wrestling music and it just puts it all into a nice little package and it just has I have such great memories attached to it that and just things that just happened a couple months ago too and I have these great memories for it, you know? From the very beginning, this sounds like like an actual Terminator movie. 
you've got that like opening little synth chord, yeah, that and of course you got the Terminator, the classic drum beat of the Terminator, that dun 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 dun. So you feel much like Okada's theme here. It's all about the build up. This too is about the build up, but it's like a different type of build up than the Okada theme. This is very much more apocalyptic. You know, this is like the end of the world is coming upon us. There's the the, the, the scary female singers that ha ha and the, the thunder and it's cool how these two worlds sort of collide here between Okada's theme and Omega's theme with the intros. Right. Firstly, I love the whole right before it goes into the norm from the intro to the normal theme. I just love the massive like thunder booming. I, I just thought that was really cool. And I guess as well, I think that this song or this version of it sort of kind of marked a transition. I mean, we had already started to see that transition on Omega from the G1, but I feel like that the theme as it was sort of kind of appealed to Kenny Omega's. It sort of sounded like a video game villain in a sense, like his normal theme by itself. Uh, but when he, you know, started to get the push last year, winning the G1, and then into this main event, this sort of marked the tr- transition into, like, him being the Terminator, he's gonna, I feel like he's gonna be the guy that, or you, the theme makes you, him appear to you as the guy who's gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. Or he's gonna, like, he's gonna, like, be all serious, and he's gonna, like, just kill you like Terminator. Come to the ring with a shotgun. Was it a sawed-off shotgun? It was. Yeah. Classic, classic Arnold sawed-off. With the song itself, when he comes down to the ring, he's got the glasses on, he's got the, 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 the leather jacket, he's just slowly walking to the ring, he's got, you know, everything behind him, the, the, the super traumatic vocal, that ha, 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 the harpsichord, the bells. I'd also describe it, it's like an apocalyptic Christmas carol. <laughs> yeah. It's like the end of the world with Santa Claus, you know? But it's like, like... But like the bad Santa Claus, like the the, the Xanta Claus, you know, the X. Yes, remember that? Paul's Mahoney. So it's like bad things are going to happen when Kenny comes to the ring. And that song so perfectly conveys that. You know, anytime you have a bunch of choirs and strings and church bells and thunder and all that. Listen, I'm here for it, as the kids say. You have the sound effects in this theme, like a whip sound at the turnaround after the B section. Love that. I mean, it's just so villainous. And it's so overly dramatic in all the best ways. And you can just close your eyes and you just see Terminator Kenny. You see Big Match Kenny. It feels signature. It feels so authentic to him. It's not just some generic DVD menu music that it could really be anyone. This feels very authentic to Kenny and even more so now, to Sean's point, with all these added elements here, it's it just marking a change in his character. He's more serious. I love the way the Terminator drums are not only included in the intro, but within the body of the song. Love that. The Terminator drum beat has also always reminded me of uh, of CM Punk's AFI theme right. mm-hmm. in Ring of Honor. Oh, Miseria Cantare, yeah. And the accompanying CM Punk clap as well. I always think of that too, which great song, great album, and can't wait to talk about that when we eventually do Punk's theme history. But yeah, listen, I love this song. And I actually like how a little about a couple minutes ago you used the term like over dramatic or over that sort of thing. Yeah. And I feel like that really fits with kind of just Omega, how he carries himself. He's very like out. He's very like very over dramatic. And especially in his promos where he goes very over the top and he sounds like he's actually like, like a, like a evil mastermind, like movie villain or something like that. Especially, especially with the evil laugh that he does that over exaggerated, like evil laugh. He seems like he's conducting the orchestra of wrestling 
with the way he presents himself and the, his his movements and his his facial expressions and his energy, and that to me, I feel like this is what Kenny is conducting this song right here, and it's absolutely perfect for him. It's evil, it's it's over the top, but it's never fake. It's never it's never too much, you know. It's like this is who Kenny is. This is like the essence of Kenny Omega coming out through his music it's it's funny you hear a song like this and you hear like the, the like this i get like psycho vibes you know with the high-pitched squeals like that da, da, da. but i don't think like uh it's like oh this is so corny like this is so cheesy i think oh yeah this is kenny omega like this is like him he is this evil villain of a man but it's never like like cartoonish you know yeah that's what i was thinking too it's it's over dramatic to a point, but it doesn't fully cross that line, in a sense. Moving on now to track three. This is the theme song for Big Mike, Michael Elgin. The song is called Unbreakable. What do you guys think about this? This is a very uh, sort of a straightforward especially in comparison with the previous two themes. Theme, very much uh, guitar-driven, but not much in the way of sound effects or anything like, anything like that. I think I actually really like this song. It, it When I first heard it, it screamed, I don't know about what you guys think, it screamed to me like a country rock, if that makes any sense. And Elgin's an interesting one, because for me, like I when I first like went fully into Ring of Honor in like 2000, like fall of 2010, that's like right around when Elgin started like with the House of Truth, and so I've as watching him like grow as a as a wrestler in Ring of Honor, and then eventually New Japan. I've kind of seen his theme history and evolve in like evolve over time. And it's weird because it's like he in, in ROH he had some good themes, and then he had I think it was the theme that he used like when he had that weird heel turn like 2014 2015. I think like the set what sent me to my grave or whatever it's called. Oh, I also <laughs> think that was one of the worst wrestling theme songs ever it was so bad it was so bad and i don't know and i don't know if that it was like his choice but if it was his choice i'm not saying it was but if it was his choice then he might have some poor tasty music but i don't know this is a hell of a lot better than that bro country song you know that 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 was just ugh. yeah that i was i went to one of the war of the world shows in philly in 2015 right before he went to New Japan and he was still using that song. Like, that's a, that was a song that literally sucked the energy. It felt like it sucked the energy out of him. <laughs> like, it was so bad. So bad. It, hey, listen, it's, it's it's bro country. That's probably the worst subgenre of any form of music ever. Bro country. Part of me feels like it's kind of that song. Because like, I think he used it on the indies as well, not just ROH. That sort of contributed to that, like, weird vibe he had in that, like, one year span where he wasn't really popular anywhere. Obviously, part of it was the whole, you know, he had issues with Ring of Honor at the time, but it was the fact that it's just like such a bad, like, how can you get hyped up with that song? Like, you can't, it's impossible. Ugh. So I'm I'm glad that he's finally got like this song, this one he used with New Japan, it's actually good. This is nowhere in the league of the last two songs that we discussed, but it, it certainly fits Elgin to a T, I would think. Yeah, it's nothing fancy about this, really. Nothing too over the top about it. But then again, you know, Michael Elgin, really nothing too much over the top about him. I mean, 
he lifts things up and he puts them down. Really, is what you can say about Michael Elgin. And this is that song. This is very much, you know, that it's a very much a, a get to work and lift shit song, you know? Breaking news here. We just got a tweet from Chris Charlton. Oh. There are actually unused lyrics that he has uncovered to the Michael Elgin New Japan theme song. Ooh. I believe it goes something like. Elgin, 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 <laughs> Big Michael Elgin. Listen, he, I, Chris Charlton, he would know. He's, he, know, he's, he's there. He's, he's entrenched. He's entrenched in Japan. He, he knows the scoops. If anyone would know, he would know. Yeah, former, former host of Japanese Audio Wrestling. Shout out to JoJo. I mean, thank you, Chris, for this, this big scoop here. This is the type of exclusive that you're only going to get on Music of the Mat here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. Listen, bro country, I think we should all band together and put a stop to this. It is a menace to society, yes. uh, and, and, and it's not a tremendous movie either. We really need to, as a people, come together, figure out a solution to this bro country problem. Now, I will give one song a pass, and that is the Revivals theme, because yes. that's an excellent yes. professional wrestling theme song, and I will hear nothing different. We go hard all, all day, day, all night. night. <laughs> I'm a proud Southern people, lot of right head of all right. Say we can't, yeah. We can't we can't sidetrack from the from New Japan. We gotta keep going here. <laughs> Track number four, guys. This is the theme song for Will Ospreay or Willow Spray, as someone someone call him. Will Ocean Spray. <laughs> <laughs> this is his song, The Aerial Assassin. very interesting song um i don't outright hate it but at the same time i can't really get into it and that's mainly because of like the lyrics wait wait a minute wait a minute there are lyrics with quotation marks around i say lyrics because i can barely de- decipher any of these here's what i have you got to say that's it Oh my god. All this is, it's that weird, like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a weird vocal effect. It sounds like it's like underwater. Yeah, they're heavily processed. It, they're, they're, there's probably a lot of pitch correction on them to give them that kind of warbly sound. Yeah, very, I didn't, listen, I, didn't, I thought it was just random spastic noises. You know, to me, it kind of, it reminded me of like a music cue on Rugrats. You know how they have like a lot of random like mouth sounds and just kind of bop, 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 bop. Like I just I see Tommy with the screwdriver trying to break out of the playpen. Oh, I see Angelica holding Cynthia. Oh. You know uh, her mom's on the phone with Jonathan. Yep. That's what I think of when 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 Will Ospreay is walking to the ring. Stu, why are you doing inverted four fifties in the <laughs> ring at midnight? <laughs> because I've lost control of my life. <laughs> Stu. What are you doing? I'm making chocolate pudding. <laughs> Sean, what do you think about this? Is this? Do you hate this song? Do you do you like it? Do you understand it in any way? I mean, well, I'm sort of glad that I'm not on an island with this because with all the praise that's been going around for Kitamura, I feel like this one was sort of a miss for him. Yeah. I don't hate the song, but I don't like the song. Yeah. If that makes sense, it, it just it's just not like out of all the theme songs. On this offering, I say it's like definitely like at the bottom. I it's just not. I can't get into it, and I, it just doesn't feel like Will Osprey at all. It's an odd choice for vocals because there's like another set of vocals. I don't know if you heard this, like like buried underneath. 
Like if you listen really closely, it's like like a more like straightforward. I can I can't tell you word one about the lyrics for those, but it's like something about like coming like coming to life, like like it's like you listen closely to it, but like that's very much more in tune of like what a Will Ospreay song would be to me. But instead, we get like these weird like processed lyrics yeah i mean we're all completely on the same page here that's exactly what i had down here in my notes you know i i don't really stand one way or the other on it i don't actively like it i don't actively dislike it it's just kind of there and i guess i can appreciate it for what it is but it's you know it's nowhere near my favorite or even least favorite it's just kind of there and you know the same goes for osprey himself i'm not i don't dislike him i don't love him he's kind of there for me i i like him i don't hate him the way some people have taken to hate him he's just kind of there for me i mean he has he has some great performances and and things like that but this theme i don't think it really lives up to the hype or the vibe or the style of osprey so i think it was just kind of something maybe kitamura had sitting around "Eh, give this to the white guy Eh, there you go to quote the primus compilation album they can't all be zingers Apt. Up next, track number five, a uh, song for the Cold Skull, Sonata. This is his theme from LIJ. This is Cold Skeleton. Now, Chris, I think it's no secret. You've told me this many times, but this is your jam, is it not? It's my jam. It's my song. Woo! <laughs> Listen, this, I mean, this is the jam. All right, this is the fucking jam. I fucking love this song. This, to me, I just want to walk into every room that I ever walk into. I want this song to play, all right? Yeah. I, you know, I want to walk into work. I want this song playing. And that, for me, is the mark of a true badass theme song. When it just makes, I just want to walk into a room and I want to have that playing. I just the vibe on it, it's just so great. It's there's something about it. It just it, from the first time I heard it, it just grabbed me, and I I, I love it. it. It fits the Cold Skull Sonata to a T. Who, by the way, a complete departure from the previous incarnations of Say a Sonata. Right. So to see him, his his entire presentation change, and for this theme. I feel like it tied everything together and made it all work. Obviously, this is his first theme in New Japan. This is a tremendous first theme. If you're going to debut for a company with a new gimmick and this is your theme, you get down on your hands and knees and you thank Yonosuke Kitamura for a, a job well done because, oh man. Yeah, this, the song, I I really liked it. The word that for me immediately came to mind when I heard this song is that it's, it seems very, it's spooky. It's scary. I think a lot of that has to do with the, the in the in the main body of the song, uh, after the glass shatters, you have that sort of. I guess it's like a guitar. Because at first, when I heard the song originally, I thought it was like a vocal in the background that was sort of like a that ooh going on. But when I listen to it closely, it sounds like more of a guitar. It sort of just creates that like it's very eerie and it's very spooky, and I think that's very fitting for someone who's 
nickname is Cold Skull, and whose theme song is called Cold Skeleton. That ominous tone there. I know exactly what you're talking about. It sounds like a guitar that's just heavily drenched in reverb, and what you're hearing is the completely wet signal of it and not the dry guitar, and it's so ominous, and it sounds ghostly yeah, and ghostly. haunting, and it just mm-hmm. lures you in. It's, it's, it's tremendous. You know what? His nickname is Cold Skull. The song is called Cold Skeleton. To me, this is a song that sounds cold. This you hear that from the very beginning that the sort of weird little oh, that to me is like a cold blast of wind right. mm-hmm. that just breezes through that just gusts through the entire song and it's there the entire way you feel it like a little chill in your bones when you hear it it just it's always present also um, that opening little breeze sounds sort of the same sound effect as uh, do you guys know the song Wish by Nine Inch Nails uh, no, no I'm not familiar uh, it's sort of a weird sort of like a little like a like a oh, that's like a weird little sound at the beginning of the song Wish. So it kind of reminded me of that. But other than that, this thing is just just a spooky – It's a, like I said, it's a spooky song. It's badass. It's – you know, glass is breaking because it's so cold outside. So, uh, And it's just the guitars too. The guitars and drums, it's very, very heavy. Oh, yeah. Love the drums. Love the drums. That double bass that comes in, mm-hmm. oh, man. Listen, I lose it. You don't, you don't want to even see what I look like when I'm listening to this song. <laughs> It looks like I'm in the circle pit. It, it, it's, oh man, I get it. I get so, I can't even, I, I kid you not, I, I will not let myself listen to this while driving because I'll probably run my car off the road. That's how much <laughs> I love this song. It's just so great. And I love the little drum break transitions. It's just, it's so industrial metal. Oh, such a great vibe. Great song, great song. So this is his debut theme. And we know for sure that Sonata is eventually going to be a top star in the company whenever they decide to pull the trigger on him. So it will be interesting to hear what his eventual babyface theme will sound like because this definitely won't be it. Maybe it'll, refle- it'll reflect something involving his his hair, which seemingly adds a foot to his actual height. <laughs> so It'll be like sunshine, you know, birds chirping. <laughs> You know what it'll be? It'll be a rooster crowing. <laughs> <laughs> With the sound of him gluing all the glass back together in the background. <laughs> all right. Track number six. This is the theme song for the Tokyo Pimp, Yujiro Takahashi. This is his second New Japan theme. This is the song called Harlem Nights Bullet Club version. make me feel so good <laughs> that was amazing it's amazing yeah all right you make me feel so good and that was amazing those are those are both two clips that are used throughout the song also ironically those are two phrases that I've never said after watching a Yujiro match <laughs> I've never said after Yujiro match you make me feel so good or that was amazing. amazing. It's always, <laughs> you make me feel, eh, and that was, meh. <laughs> but it's Yujiro. He's a sexy man. He's a pimp. He's Mr. Rated R. You've got, you know, you've got to have the classic sexy female vocals in it. You know, you got you to gotta have the orgasmic females. you got to have 
Yeah, and that was amazing. It's 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 a, it's a given. It's a given with Yujiro. It's a continuation from all night long. That's for sure. He had come on and the sexy sax. And then, yeah, and then he had Kenny G. Yeah. Oh man, what a song that was. But this, I mean, this there's a lot to unpack here. This whoa. The first time I heard this, I was very taken aback because the Yujiro entrance, you know, when he comes out to his theme. You know, you know, you're expecting an episode of the Cosby Show to come on. You know, you're expecting the sexy sax, and when you hear this, and you hear what is essentially almost kind of like a trap song, just with metal instrumentation, with metal guitar and drums. Right. Very jarring. Duh, yeah. Very dark. For there's something sinister to it as well. Very, very dark. Yeah. It makes it feel like that Yujiro is a guy that you wouldn't want to run to, or want to run into in like a dark alley. Or it seems like he'd be the guy that'd be, like, sitting in, like, the back of, like, a shady-looking club. Yeah. In the middle of, like, Tokyo somewhere. Like, just, he's sitting in a, like, a, uh, sitting somewhere in, like, a, like, shady restaurant. He's just sitting there smoking with his, like, girls and whatnot and just having a sweet-ass time. But, though, I'm actually curious about the song title. Because, like, question, has, has Yujiro, has he actually ever been to Harlem? <laughs> I think if Yujiro had actually stepped foot in Harlem, I think we'd have Mino on his theme. Uh. So, I mean, I know he's been close because I know he's been to Brooklyn because he's been on an ROH show in Brooklyn, but I don't know if he's been to Harlem. I think that one's a stretch. <laughs> That's the New Japan World content that I want. I want Yujiro yeah. going down to Harlem with this song playing in the background, and, and I want to see the kind of hijinks that into Because, I mean, let's say Yujiro's the biggest geek in the world, right? This gimmick that he has of being this big ladies' man. I mean, come on. Let's... Come on. I mean, there's this theme... It takes his character and him just being a big giant goof, really, and it just adds a sinister vibe to it and like the dark, kind of sketchy, kind of like you said, back of the club type of vibe to it. And I, you know what I attribute it to? It's those damn bells or those chimes tucked in the background of this song, right. in the background of the mix, and mixed in with the, the, the breathing, the panting, the moaning, the screaming. <laughs> fake, 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 fake. <laughs> <laughs> Combined with all that, it just creates a very weird contrast, and it's almost You're a little bit right. unsettling. But yeah. I yet, and yet, I can't stop listening to it either. That's the thing. This is certainly not Kramer walking down the street in the pimp coat. You know, <laughs> this is not. That the, was the previous. Yeah, is, it's, it's it's not that. This is something much different, much darker entirely. Hands up, pimp! I'm not a pimp. Uh, another aside here. This what this reminds me of. Uh, uh, Rob Zombie. You know how he likes to use like movie clips in his songs. Yeah. Like uh, like never gonna stop edges theme like you know use use my body to keep me alive you know that kind of stuff. That's a very astute observation there. That's actually it's actually perfect. That's actually exactly what this is. And and both Edge and Yujiro are both rated R. Oh, huh? Damn. There you go, my man, making the connections here. Look at that. Look at that. Like I said, it's 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 kind of has the vibe of being like a trap song with metal instrumentation, and uh, that's really apparent to me in the bass line. In like the intro and bridge section. First of all, it's incredible. Second of all, the bass guitar there is doing the job of what an 808 bass drum would be doing in a trap song or rap song and kind of replicating the little glide. You make me feel so good. I love the not rap metal, but rap slash metal vibe that the Bullet Club kind of has going on in their themes. I feel like Jim Johnson would hear it and be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Whenever I hear the female vocals, uh, it's <laughs> first of all, it's goofy as shit. Second of all, 
when I was listening to this, taking notes for for the episode, the entire rest of the day, I just kept saying, that was amazing. I kept saying it to myself. But when I was doing it, I was I sounded like Goldie Wilson from Back to the Future. <laughs> you know, like when he goes, Mayor. So <laughs> That was amazing. Like, that was when it was coming out. So now I just think of Goldie <laughs> Wilson on Yujiro's Harlem Nights theme. That's a good idea. I could run for mayor. Yeah, I, I think, again, I think the song is good for that transition to that darker I guess, side of Yujiro, I guess, more serious side. But at the same time, like, I, I still miss that seductive sex. Oh, yeah. I really do. I kind of wish, part of me kind of wishes that they could have sort of incorporated that into this song maybe not like that same sax sound but something similar a sinister sax can a sax be sinister that's tough you got me there it's pretty tough I, I feel like you would have to have like tony iomi play it or something like that yeah or like a can can you drop a sax down to like drop a can you do that <laughs> Or, you know, it would have been cool if they took the sax and maybe kind of like sampled it a little bit in the beginning and maybe like or like had like a tape stop effect. Like, something like that. That would have been pretty sweet. Yeah. But I mean, all in all, I like this song a lot. I mean, I try not to listen to it too loud, especially at work. Bit awkward. Because... Yeah, Kinda sounds like you're watching porn. Not a, not a song you listen to in public. No, oh no, oh no. But in private, believe me, that was amazing. <laughs> a run for mayor. Uh, uh, by the way, Yujiro, let's uh, let's put this plastic fedora back where you found it in Party City, and help your mo- help your mother find those over the hill plates and napkins. Come on, let's let's get it together here. All right. Well, we spend way too much time talking about Yujiro and Yujiro's theme. We've got a lot more tracks to get to. Track number seven coming up next. This is a theme for the Young Lions. They get their own theme. Uh, This is a song called Dash. Much like the Young Lions themselves, very, very basic, very bare bones about it. Uh, I will note there's like a a cool like Zach Wilde-esque guitar twirl in there. Oh yeah, pinch harmonic. Other than that, really, it's it's more strip guitar. The song sounds very. I got the feeling of it sounding like very youthful in a sense, which I think obviously does fit the Young Lions. It has that same upbeat style of rock that Kamatsu and Tanaka's themes had. Ali Court from Brit Rest Roundtable. He uh, he said Dash really makes him so ready to watch some wrestling. He uh, he tweeted that out to us. And, uh, you know, I agree. It has a nice little wrestling vibe to it, you know, especially at the beginning of a card, you know, beginning of the show, they come out, Young Lion, you know, you got River people running out to this, you know, this is, uh, this is what you would expect for, for the Young Lions theme. Very energetic, very, you know, it's like, you know, get people excited for the Young Lions, I mean, it's not a full-fledged theme, you know, as other people have, but, you know, it's, they have something at least. Yes. I will say, though, on a side note, uh, Oka... Reminds me a lot of Big Baby from Toy Story Three. Wow! <laughs> didn't think you were going to go. That's what I see. Didn't I think see you Oka. were going to go there. This is Big Big Baby. That's weird. I don't know why. That just Holy putting shit. it out there. Hey, listen, I, I, I gotta say what I gotta say. Also, I have a side note here. This is a bit of a pissed off me. Oka, Oka, Kitamura, Kanamitsu, and Kawato—they all have Wikipedia pages, but David Finley doesn't. What the fuck is that? Wait a minute. Kawato has a Wikipedia. Look it up. He's, they all got Wikipedia pages. Finley doesn't. 
That man is a never open weight six man tag champion. God damn it! You show him respect. You give him a wiki article. God damn. Well, well, why don't you do it? Oh, what do you want? I'm not that kind of guy, you know. I'll, what do you mean you're not that, that kind of guy? Listen, <laughs> listen Chris. You are. You're exactly <laughs> that kind of guy. I I thought that you would have already been on this. Rule of thumb: I transcribe lyrics. I don't do the <laughs> okay. articles. Okay? okay, that's that's my rule of thumb. All right. Well, listen. If anyone's out there, if anyone's out there doing Wikipedia editing. Throw Andrew a bow in here. Please, please. But hey, I mean, you know, good for River People that he has his own Wikipedia. I'm proud of him. Track number eight now is a former Young Lion who is, uh, relatively speaking, has recently returned to New Japan under a full-fledged big identity in a big way. This is the ticking time bomb, Hiromu Takahashi, and the song is called Time Bomb. Now, we know that Takahashi is a time bomb, like we all, like I said. But I gotta say, Hiromo, a little overkill here. You've got the, you've got two methods of detonation. You have the ticking clock and the, and the lit fuse, alright? It's overkill, man. You just need one, alright? That's, that's bomb making 101. What if, what if he's up against MacGyver? MacGyver would figure out one, but not the other. And I feel like that, that, but that also works for him, though. So that, you know, double time bombings, double explosion. I, I feel like that fits his style. That would be an incredible nickname for him, the Double Explosion. Him and Yoshihashi. Oh. Him and Yoshihashi. That'd be an incredible tag team, Double Explosion. Detonation methods aside, this is just a frantic song from start to finish. You got the drum roll and the ticking time bombs. You got, you know, you got the, the time, time, hold it now. Ah, like, you know, you got, like, explosions everywhere. You got, like, fast-paced drumming and guitar work. This is very much, you know... A representation of Hiromo Takahashi and his uh, style, his, his mannerisms, his demeanor. Very much a, a frantic song. Honestly, my favorite part of the song might be before that first explosion where you just hear the clock ticking and then that and that guitar that kind of just goes oh, yeah. into, the, into the explosion. Yes. That's awesome. I love that. This is a hell of a theme. Like you've all said, the ticking clock, the explosions, you know, it, it works so well, and it's just so symbolic of Hiromu himself. So all of these elements here, I was expecting something different initially for Hiromu coming back from Excursion, uh, especially the way he was presenting himself when he first came back before he had his theme. I was really expecting something in the hardcore punk vein. Yeah, with a jacket, of course. I mean, you know, all those punk bands. I felt that that was the direction that was going to be, and I was almost ready for that and anticipating that and this definitely isn't that but it's even better than that because that would have almost been too obvious and i feel that this is the theme that with all the elements and the fact that it's just so delightfully weird just like the man himself i feel like this will probably stick with him for quite some time and rightfully so delightfully weird when i think of this song that's what comes to mind that's also what comes to mind when I think of Hiromu, because he's just a delightfully weird man. I just realized uh, the whole thing of him being the ticking time bomb, very much like him in the ring. 
Like he starts off, he's sort of like normal, but you never know he's going to explode into a senton at the top or up to the outside, you know? It's very much cool how the song and the wrestler match each other. It really fits that it's kind of, he's kind of wild, he's kind of out of control. It's kind of, he's, he's crazy in the sense that you really don't know what he's going to do. He could either hurt you or he could hurt himself just as bad. Or both in the process. Yes. I also think that initial explosion, I'm not sure if he only did this in at Wrestle Kingdom in the Tokyo Dome or if he's done it elsewhere in other big shows, but I felt like when I saw the entrance initially, it felt like he kind of did the Rey Mysterio kind of jumping up out of the stage. The toaster. Like, I think, yeah, I think that really fits with that part of the song where it explodes and he jumps out of there. He jumped out, but he, like, he landed on his, on his knees, you know? Like, it was, like, his knee in one foot. I don't know if he did it on purpose or he slipped, but, like, he, he didn't land on his feet like Rey Mysterio did. But, yeah, I think he only did it at the Tokyo Dome as well. I don't think he did it as any other time. But uh, it's very much the entrance theme, you know, help sl- supplement the entrance and, you know, both ways some of the elements of this theme almost make it feel to me like a cross between naito's theme and sonata's theme Hmm. because you have like the synths yeah akin to naito's theme and it's the same type of like rave stab type of synth frantic keyboard the same type of sound to it you also have the same drums that kitamura used on sonata's theme being used here and i by the way i love the drums that he uses these days especially that that snare just has a particular snap to it really does it for me. So I love the drums that he uses. The way that sound effects and elements like that are used in Sonata's theme, just to kind of paint the picture, he Kitamura uses that here on Time Bomb. So to me, feels like kind of a, a weird mixture of elements from Naito's theme and Sonata's theme, which being that the faction that he's in makes perfect sense. Track number nine now is a song by another another composer, not Kitamura. This is done by a man by the name of Kubrick, who we'll talk about in just a little bit. This is the Bullet Club's theme, their second theme. The song is called Shot'em. Bullet Club. Four, 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 four. Now, Chris, we talked about this on the AJ Styles episode a little bit. We talked about the song just a little bit, didn't really go into details. But since then, we've discovered the identity of Kubrick. For those of you listening who don't know, Kubrick is Rocky Romero. And I felt like an absolute dope for not putting this together. But yeah, it makes perfect sense. And, you know, if you go on Kubrick's SoundCloud page, he has the Bullet Club theme, and then he has the Rapungi Vice theme. And we obviously know that Rocky Romero produced the Rapungi Vice theme, which we will talk about next. I'm ashamed of myself that I didn't put that together, but uh, a listener pointed that out. I forgot who it was, I'm sorry, but Rocky Romero was Kubrick. And I think now he's starting to, to not use that moniker and just kind of go as Rocky Romero. I believe he's been credited on Ring of Honor television as Rocky Romero. For the Bullet Club theme. And it took a while for this theme to be included on an official New Japan release, uh, just like the Rapungi Vice theme, as Sean mentioned. So clearly, Rocky has come to some sort of an agreement with New Japan, some sort of a, a, a licensing deal for his his material to now be included on their releases. You have this theme, you have the Rapungi Vice theme, and we have another theme which we're going to talk about later, which we suspect is also a Rocky Romero production. Yeah, nothing confirmed, but we'll get to that when we get to it. Shalom, about the song itself, very much a transition away from the Prince Devitt era. 
of the Bullet Club. Bullet Club that era had Last Chance Saloon and had the very much akin of, of Devitt and his, you know, that generation of the group. This is very much, you know, summer 2014. AJ Styles is in the in the group now. Yujiro is in the group now, and this is very much leaning a lot towards. I noticed as well towards the whole NWO vibe. I think, right? Especially with the very beginning with its Bullet Club for 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 life. You know, it's such an obvious homage to the NWO. And uh, we get, you know, as a result, a very different sounding song than Last Chance Saloon. I like Last Chance Saloon actually a lot better than this song, I'm not going to lie. But I think that this song really fits the post-Prince Devitt incarnation of Bullet Club much better than Last Chance Saloon would have. This is, like I said, kind of a weird mix of metal and hip-hop. It's got the heavy guitars, the metal vibe to it, but it also using kind of like hip-hop drums... And it has the strange vocals that almost sound like a talk box, but it's really just heavily processed, heavily pitch corrected. Uh, do, do you have some, uh, some uh, like a lyrical translation? Because I think we all kind of know what it says, but not exactly sure. I've got, I've seen different things. Uh, one of them I've seen was I got a new mag and I shot him with my gun. I got a new mag and I think I'm on the run, like mag, like a magazine clip. But the main one I've seen was I got a human, I shot him with my gun, I shot a human, and I think I'm on the run. So with those, with the human lyrics and the robotic sounding vocals, I mean, is this song just one big Blade Runner reference? Oh, I think we need Carl Anderson to, you know, stand on a rooftop with the rain coming down, you know, I've seen things you people would never believe. Never open weight champion Yujiro Takahashi. I've watched the kingdom win the IWGP Tag Team Championships. All those pushes will be lost in time like tears and rain. He just took this to a whole level that I didn't even think about. What do you guys think about the lyrics, though? What, what do you think? Um, what do you think he's saying? Is he, do you agree do you, with this human, with New Mag? What do, what do you think? I always thought it was human. I've never, I never really heard New Mag, but that does kind of make sense being the theme is Bullet Club. Either way, I think it's cool. I like the vocals on this. It makes this theme not boring. Without that, I think this theme is incredibly boring. It's just the same three chords. It, this this would be, I think, a lot more boring if it didn't have the elements of not only those vocals, but Carl Anderson and his little phrases that he shouts out during the song. AJ Styles. <laughs> I'm actually kind of surprised that they didn't sort of update that part of it a little bit once they added Kenny Omega into the group. It, it just feels it just feels kind of weird not having Kenny Omega mentioned in there at any point when you listen to that song. They did cut out the roll call in this version, in the album version, because obviously AJ Styles, Gals and Anderson no longer with the company. But yeah, I, I feel like an update is in order, although maybe the fact that Kenny and even the Bucks now kind of feel like something unto themselves and don't even really I don't associate this with Kenny Omega yeah I really don't this song I think it's smart to maybe almost keep him separate because you know when the Bullet Club does eventually dissolve and and become whatever you know whatever splinters off from that I definitely see the separation there so so yeah maybe that's maybe that's reasoning behind that notice by the way how in this you know little roll call here Carl doesn't say Jeff Jarrett <laughs> or or Scott Damore or Amber Gallows, you know. Or <laughs> Karen Jarrett. <laughs> yeah, or Karen. 
What I what would have been great though is if like he just kept going. Oh man! Like like thirty like like thirty minutes just like naming wrestlers like guys not even in the Bullet Club like you know Elix Skipper, <laughs> yeah. Bam Neely, <laughs> Orbit Adventure Ants, yeah. or just like name people who aren't even wrestlers. You know, Yafet Koto, Dennis Kucinich, Billy D Williams. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best. Uh, oh man, Billy in the Bullet Club, best Bullet Club ever. Billy Club. The Billy, Billy Club, <laughs> yes! We've done it! Billy Gunn, you know, jumping ship from you know, Hunter Club. Oh and my god. Two words for you. I'm very upset that that theme was not on this album. I love that theme. It is quite wonderful just hearing it. We got two words for you. you know. Sean, anything else about uh, Shot Em? No, not really. I actually agree with what you guys said about the lyrics. Now that I think about it, because without them, even, even though you can't kind of sort don't understand them fully, the song would feel empty without them, so... Definitely agree on that. It's not something I would listen to every day, but it's I like it. I mean, as much as I I did enjoy the the original theme that they had, but when you when you think Bullet Club, like this theme is the one. And I also feel like this theme is associated with that with the logo that has become oh yeah synonymous with that Bullet Club logo for sure. Because yeah, because this song came out right at the same time as they debuted those shirts. Yeah, this for sure marked a change in that regard. So yeah, definitely associated with the logo. And that ushered in the era of all the knockoff shirts. Oh, of of the different like like Bread Club, like for Kojima. And- well, well, to be fair, that would be the only one that would be. An acceptable knockoff shirt. Yes. That's acceptable. Yes. We here at Musical The Mat gladly endorse the Bread Club. <laughs> Track number 10 in our album here. Uh, we're moving on to the theme for Rapungi Vice. Trent Beretta, Rocky Romero, and this song is called Rapungi Vice. We live in a world where even kings have vices. Well, and we are the kings and we are your vice. You see, we're the true kings, the kings of the night, kings of the lights. Rapongi vice. Rapongi, Rapongi, Rapongi lights. Rapongi vice. Rapongi, Rapongi, Rapongi lights. Rapongi vice. Rapongi, Rapongi, Rapongi lights. Rapongi vice. I love, love, love this song so much. A, a banger of a song. Every time it comes on, I, I just get into it. I start, you know, I, I start, start moving and grooving around. It's such so much fun, the song. Moving and grooving around. <laughs> Listen, man, you, when, it, when a banger comes on, you got to move and groove. Oh. <laughs> There's there's your next video content for the for the Twitter timeline. That's what I want to see. I want to see uh I, I want to see the Andrew Rich Titantron to this video with you just moving and grooving around. Do it do it dude love style. We'll see we'll see we'll see. But uh, Rapungi Vice's theme, again a Kubrick song. Rocky Romero. He it's pretty obvious. I mean at this point, him singing the lyrics for uh, Tremperetta, doing some sort of side lyrics as well, popping up here and then. Uh yeah, I love it. I love the beat. The vocals, the little wrestling Easter eggs that pop up. Everything about this song makes me smile. It's the closest we'll ever get to seeing or hearing Chuck Taylor in New Japan. Unfortunately, you're making me make my heart hurt, man, just thinking about Chuck E.T., what, 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 what could be with the three amigos in, in New Japan. Chris, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh? Listen, uh, this is where people are going to start hating me. I'm, uh, I'm not a big fan. Not a big fan of this theme. Oh, really? In fact, uh, now listen. 
I understand why people like it. You know, I can see it. I just don't feel the same. I will say I like the Forever Hooligans theme much better than this. Uh, although I do like the Alex Kozlov shout-out on this track. Now, to me, Rocky's music sounds very much like every rapper on MySpace or SoundClick back in the day, mid-2000s. It just has that bedroom-recorded vibe to it. And listen, I, I, I know people are... Don't turn off the podcast, okay? He's, he's okay. He's just very... He's very basic, okay? I suppose you don't have to exactly be Jizza on a wrestling theme, you know? But listen, I'm a man who appreciates some bars, okay? <laughs> I appreciate some nice lyricism. I, this just yeah, it doesn't really do much for me, you know? The same way, like, David Flair's theme doesn't do much for me as, like, a rock track. <laughs> this, and I'm, okay, I'm, I'm gonna get in trouble now. I can just see the tweets now. You are digging I, the hole even listen. deeper. <laughs> comparing these two songs, you motherfucker. I'm sorry, Rocky. I enjoy most of your other work uh, that I've heard. Just, just alright, someone else talk, because I'm getting in trouble. We forgive you, Chris. I, right? Well, thank you. We're all goofing around. Let's talk about the song itself. The lyrics, I think, are what makes it, like, the best for me, simply because of, like, the little Easter eggs and all the references in it. Because there's so many. Like, if you really know your stuff with, like, Rapungi Vice and, like, the guys in it, you'll be able to, like, get them. One of them is uh, a line, Beretta on my side, question mark, dope. And you, th- you hear that lyric, like, what does that mean? But if you know that when he's not in New Japan or Ring of Honor, Beretta is known as Trent, question mark. In, PW- in PWG, Trent? 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 Trent. 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 Yeah. So you know, that's <laughs> nice. That's a nice little thing there. Uh, forever is forever, which is Rocky Romero's nickname, Mister Forever, the Forever Hooligans. Nice little callback there. Trenty and Azucar, uh, which is uh, Trent Barrett, of course, and Rocky Romero's other nickname, Azucar. So all these little nice little references in there. That's that I, I really appreciate. I will say this: this song does kind of get me interested. To if I ever make it to Japan someday. To actually go to McDonald's and <laughs> eat something there super early in the morning. Eat McGriddles. So. <laughs> this is another thing I love about the song is the dichotomy between Rocky and Trent. Because Rocky, they, they, they have two speeches in the song. You know, Rocky opens the song. You know, he's very elegant, very, very poetic, very sophisticated and suave. You know, we live in a world where even kings have vices. Well, then we are the kings and we are your vice. And uh, this is Trent. Rapungi vice. Rapungi. Stays up real late. Drinking in hotels like weirdos, and then we go eat McGriddles from Japanese McDonald's super early in the morning. That's I love that like this is like these two different guys. That's what they see as Rapungi Vice. Their little own identities of what the team is, which I I love that. I would like to add though, just to get back in the good graces, if you do like this song, you should check out Rocky Romero's Bandcamp page. Because he has all of his music up there. He has his Six Trees Vice albums up for sale. He has King of Strong Style, the song that he did in tribute to Shinsuke Nakamura. And of course, he has the Forever Hooligans and Rapungi Vice themes up available for purchase. So that's rockyromero.bandcamp.com. So redeeming myself with that one. One more thing for me, something that kind of is sort of a, a duh moment right now. But you can tell that Rocky does both this song and shot him. Because they both have like the deep, like like vocals in it. Like the like, moment right. like Shotham has, you know, for like club. For, 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 for. 
this song has. That's like his calling card there, which led us to believe that another one of these tracks that we're going to be talking about soon might be done by Rocky Romero himself. But uh, but before we get to that, we do have another song. Yes, we do. This is track number 11. This is Hiroki Goto's theme. This is a return to Yonosuke Kitamura, another song of his. This is the long prologue version of Hado. Goto is the last samurai. Seriously, this long prologue version, coupled with the main theme, this is a movie. I can picture in my head the film because of the song structure, because of the sound effects used, the instrumentation, that the music, it all comes together. I can picture the story of Hiroki Goto avenging his slain family against a rival warlord, you know? It's like you can hear it. Very cinematic. The long prologue that, you know, a, a tragedy has occurred. Uh, a rival clan has killed Goto's family. You know, he, he, it burned his village to the ground. So he's, he's, standing over the, he's standing over the graves. That's when the cellos kick in. That, he's promising to avenge them. And then takes a deep breath. Unsheaths the sword. And then right to speedy guitar riffs. Fucking let's go kill everyone. Fuck it's so awesome. This might be, I don't know how some might take this, but honestly, in my view, from like my money, I think Hiroki Goto's theme, just in general, I think it's might be the best theme song in wrestling. I I love this song. It's it's just so epic and like like you said, it feels like a movie. I don't know why. I just at least the best theme one of the best themes in wrestling today, at least. This was a theme that I actually slept on for a little while especially when I first got into New Japan, because there was just so much ear candy going on. You know, you had you had subconscious, you had high energy, you know, you had all this stuff. Right. But, you know, over time, I really came to appreciate this theme. And now it's one of my favorites. You know, if I'm ever shuffling through some wrestling themes or New Japan themes, I never skip it. It's got a mixture of heavy guitars and orchestral elements, strings, brass, flutes, choirs, operatic vocals in the intro and in different parts in the bridge and this great percussion just this potpourri of amazing things and it has just a, a fantastic main melody too and if th- listen if this doesn't get you pumped up if this doesn't get you in the zone 
then I don't know what will. Something that Goto does during his entrance, at least on the bigger shows, I think really helps is when he comes down, he's kind of get that hood, he's got the hood on, that's kind of over his eyes, so you only see the bottom half of his face. Yeah. It, it just adds to the, it's it's just epic. It's it's so epic. It's very much like Omega's theme, where it's, it's you know, the, the, the singer's like, ha, ah, ah, but this, you know, it's, it's, ah, da, 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 da. it's like, it's like a, a big cacophony of, of noise just surrounding, but it never feels like, it never feels like it's too much. It feels like it, it fits Goto. Him being like this samurai-type warrior figure, you know, like you said, Chris, it's very everything that comes together. Just a tri- it's triumphant. Yeah, it is. You know, it is a bit ironic that Goto has such a triumphant-sounding theme, and yet he's known for being less than triumphant in most cases. Yeah, it's a very good theme for trying to channel your energy and just kind of get into a zone. You said something earlier about Kenny Omega's theme that it sounds like almost kind of like an evil Christmas song. Yeah. A part of this song where it goes, dun, 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 dun. that to me, oh, I always got kind of like a Christmas Carol vibe from it almost. I have no idea why. I almost picture like Batman Returns, like the cinematography of that movie. I just, I see that in my head when I hear that part and I don't know why. So it's funny that you mentioned that for Omega's theme. Yeah. But yeah, another kind of similarity that those two themes have. And now that they mention it, I get also just came to my head. A similarity, you know, the song uh, "Christmas Eve" Sarajevo by Sabotage. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. That's very, very much operatic and epic in scale too. Mm-hmm. Sort of similar vibe as well. Much like Goto himself, who has an extremely visually appealing offense. I mean, he just fucking rules mm-hmm. everything he does. Yeah. Uh, this theme is just so sonically appealing. The GTR might be one of the most vicious-looking moves. I've ever seen in my life. When he had the match with Shibata, he did that reverse one where oh my Shibata God. was sort of facing down. He like slammed his neck on his knee. Yeah. Just killed him. He, he, he just kills guys. I should. I want to mention two more things. The drum breakdown in the middle there with the sword sound effects. And like little guitar bursts in there. I love that. Also, what's really cool is the ending. It builds up to this huge crescendo. And then what happens? The sword is sheathed. The song is over. Blood has been spilled. It's just, ugh, mwah, mwah, so beautiful. Absolutely. Moving on now to track number 12. This is the theme song for the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga and Tagaroa, a.k.a. Tangaloa, whichever you know, name you want to choose. This is Gorillas of Destiny. This song is so fucking cool. Here's why. It's menacing, but it's not in your face about it. It's not scary. It's not big and loud. It's, it's slower. It's deeper. It's like, a, it's like a snake coming towards you. Much like Tama Tonga slithers to the ring, this song is just a slithering presence. It's such a, a groove presence to it. It's fucking awesome. I love it so much. It's very low-key. Very minimalistic, kind of sparse. He's got these very low-key drums. Got a mean-ass bass line. Very lo-fi type of growly bass. 
Got these down-tuned vocals. And then there's not much else to speak of besides some record scratching in between. But I don't know what it is about it. It just gets in your head and it just doesn't want to go away. I have a lot of mixed feelings about this song. Because when the, fir- the first... Because I feel like it's a song that, at least to me, sounds a lot better like when you're listening to it on your computer than it does live on a New Japan show. Yeah. Honestly, the first time I heard it, I forget what, what show it was, but the first time I heard it, I was like, what is this? This sucks. It's an awful <laughs> theme song. And I, I think I think part of that, why I thought that way, is that it's the fact that the song is so quiet. And they came out to absolute silence. <laughs> yeah, that a song like that just adds to the silence that... You know, it or it, it amplifies the lack of reaction that they had initially. Uh, but it's yeah. funny because when I listened to it, like on the computer, like I noticed like all these little things that I would have never heard. Yeah, like listening to it, like just on a New Japan show. Like I think there was a point in the song where it's, I forget somebody says like, "There's a little can you dig it?" line snuck in there. Yes, can you dig it? Like the Warriors. Like, I, yeah. I never would have noticed that if I was just listening to it on a you know just a New Japan show. So I, I did gain, I didn't like this song at first, but I gained more appreciation for it once I heard the whole version, like on, once I downloaded it and put it on iTunes. Yeah. I gained a little bit of more appreciation for it. I had the exact same experience. I thought it was kind of goofy at first too, and they were coming out to absolute silence in the beginning. And it was just kind of like, eh, I don't know about this. What is going on here? And you know, the the vocals reminded me of the rap on Roll the Bones by Rush. Funny story, Chris and I were watching Wrestle Kingdom 11 separately, you know, when the Girls Destiny came out for that three-way tag, you tweeted out that it sounds like the Roll of Bones rap section, the vocals, and I responded something like, you know, I can't wait for, you know, Tamatonga to, you know, you know, kick some goodies max <laughs> yeah. to dig, you know, something like that. <laughs> so I, and I knew I knew then that, you know, we were simpatico and perfect for this podcast as, as, you know, as partners for this thing. Oh, yeah. Also, Chris, uh, funny enough, you mentioned earlier... With Kenny's theme, the drum beat sounds very much like Miseria Cantare by AFI. I actually, no joke, the intro to this song sounds like that song as well. Oh. Particularly, this is the case with the static and the rising tone of it. Like the... I, I get kind of that vibe from it. You know, th- this just feels different. It has a different vibe from most themes. And I guess that's what I appreciate about it now, having, you know, heard the the full quality version of it and having not heard it, you know, just playing from the New Japan World stream. It, it, it's just, it has a different vibe. And people love this theme. People love this theme. You go on the YouTube comments for for this theme, people fucking love it. Yeah, the, the lyrics are, uh, yeah, guerrilla tactics, it's time for warfare. We came to battle, yo, we aim to kill. Rah! So it's very much, you know, akin to, you know, this whole thing of being heels and, you know, being vicious. Uh, yeah, the woodblock. Exactly, Chris. <laughs> the, the, the woodblock. You notice that, too. Uh, yeah. not, many wrestling, not many wrestling themes use a woodblock. Oh, man. Kudos to the Girls of Destiny for, for having that in their theme song. you goddamn right. Now, we also mentioned earlier, we teased it before, we have a sneaking suspicion who sort of sings the vocals on this song, at the very least. You did a little research on this, little experimentation about who the, the vocalist is. Do you want to explain that to the audience? I was curious, because this sounds so different from Yonosuke Kitamura's other theme. So I was like, I just want to see who who's doing the vocals here, if it's 
If it's anyone that we could recognize, if it's one of the gorillas themselves, whoever it is. So I pitched them up about three semitones, and you know, it sounds a lot like Rocky Romero. Gorilla tactics is time for warfare. Yo, we came to battle. Yo, we aim to kill. And then I thought, well, goddamn, that makes a world of sense because this has his type of vibe to it. The type of drums that he uses. He does the pitch down vocals as we touched on before. I think this is a Rocky Romero joint. So I did. then I did a little bit more research and I wound up on Reddit, which, oh my God, never again. But <laughs> I did find that some other people thought it might be a Rocky Romero production as well. So uh, I don't know. We're not going to confirm this. Strong suspicion that this is produced by Rocky Romero. And if this is confirmed anywhere else and we're just dopes, someone please tweet us uh, so we can confirm that. But yeah, uh, Rocky Romero getting his shit in on New Japan Greatest Music Volume 5. Putting in the work. Getting that paper, as they say. As those kids say. Getting the paper. They, they don't say That's that. what they say, Chris, they, right? They, I don't think they say that anymore. Oh. I think that was like 10 years ago they said that. Back to the drawing board, as they say. <laughs> track number 13. We're almost done with the album. Let's move on here to track number 13. This is for Adam Cole. And uh, this is, uh, quite simply, Adam Cole, baby! 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 The song itself is is pretty standard, you know, hard rock guitars and all that stuff. We'll get into that a little bit, but the fact that it has this intro of Adam Cole, baby, <laughs> Adam Cole, baby, 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 it's like that just puts it over the top to me. That's what makes me it, it it just fills my heart with joy to hear that stuff. You know, it's just wonderful. Oh, never before has a theme song and an intro in particular just held me at gunpoint and forced me <laughs> to want to like a wrestler so much as this song has forced me to want to like Adam Cole. I mean, this is the only thing I really enjoy about Adam Cole. He's just kind of there for me. But man, this is a delightful theme and really just a delightful intro because I, when this hit at Wrestle Kingdom, holy shit, like that was it. Like I was done. I didn't care about the match. I didn't care about anything but this song and owning this song so I could listen to it at all times. It is tremendous. Yeah, it just seems like that when Adam Cole started working for New Japan, that kind of took that catchphrase, which is, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great catchphrase on its own by itself, and it, they kind of just turned the volume up all the way and broke the handle, <laughs> and they kind of they kind of turned, basically in New Japan, Adam Cole's character is the catchphrase. And it's great. It's, it's amazing. Because the fans are into it. They love this. They chant along yeah. with them. They, they love Adam Cole, baby. They fucking love this. And I don't blame them because it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Now, as for, as for the song itself. Now, this song is really inspired by three different other actual songs. Now, the main riff here is inspired by the song Breathe Into Me by Red. I mean, it's, it's the exact same riff. I mean, there's no mistake in that. Now, moving on to the verse riff. This is inspired, heavily inspired, by Diary of Jane by Breaking Benjamin. Now, 
And then when we get down towards the end of the song, this is one that you and I both picked up on right away. Yes, yes, indeed. Yep. Stricken by Disturbed. Now, if I know one thing, it's my disturbed riffs. So when I heard the, the stricken riff in this song, I my ears immediately perked up. So, you know, it's very, very interesting that Kitamura, you know, uses this disturbed song, uses the red song, uses Breaking Benjamin. Three sort of, I guess, you know, distinct, not really, you know, distinct songs. Three American bands, too. Yeah, I actually, when I was kind of listening to the song before... Uh, the podcast. Uh, I picked up on the on the red thing almost immediately because it was like I, I was listening to that part and it's like this sounds familiar, but I don't know where it's from. And then I, I looked up, I was like, oh, it's red. So that was pretty cool. And, and honestly, when I was actually going through our preview document or our layout for the podcast, when I noticed those notes, I was like, I was like, actually, it was like really happy because these are all bands, well, red to a lesser extent, but. Breaking Benjamin and Disturbed that I like love, because especially Breaking Benjamin because they are from Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania, which is where I'm from. So they're they're there are there are hometown guys. Well, not not necessarily now because the band broke up and now basically only the lead singer is the only original band member left. But but still, no, it's awesome because they're from my area, so that was really cool to see. So, and that's and this is all like Disturbed, Breaking Benjamin, like that's that's my kind of music, like that's what I listen to. I'm not familiar with Red. I know a couple of Breaking Benjamin songs from a couple of video games and like Halo and, and Day of Reckoning, but uh, Disturbed, I'm, I'm very much more familiar with. I know a lot of their songs. I've got a lot of their songs on my iTunes. So yeah, it's 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 very interesting that Kitamura went to this well of American hard rock bands and songs yeah stricken is probably w- one of my favorite disturbed songs i'm not like their biggest fan or anything i had a friend who was really into them uh, in high school so i'd listen to them quite a bit especially the indestructible album uh but i i do enjoy quite a few disturbed songs i have stricken being one of them stricken was also used funny enough as the theme for wwe new year's revolution 2006 that pay-per-view was it really yes it was that was the uh that was the one where uh, Edge won his first WWE title. Cash, Cash in, in on yep. John Cena. Yeah, it was a uh, it was elimination chamber. It was Cena, Kane, Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels, Carlito, and Chris Masters. How's that for a lineup? How's that? How's that for memory? Huh? Well, goddamn. Well, goddamn. Yeah. Yeah. Before we move on, did you guys hear? I don't know if you heard the story or not, but uh, back when he was in the tag team Future Shock, you know, uh, with Kyle O'Reilly, Kyle was actually mistakenly identified as the father of someone's infant. Did you know that? No. It turns out it was actually Adam Cole's baby. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I walked right into that one. On on a a series, can I tell a series story, please? I I promise it's a series story. Sure. An an actual Adam Cole story I have. I I went, uh, a couple years ago, there was like an ROH meet and greet here in Boston. And uh, Adam Cole was there. And I wanted to meet him, shake his hand, get his autograph, that kind of stuff. Uh, This was like during the winter time too. And I guess the building that the meeting greet was held in was kind of the, the heat was on the fritz. So I went up to Adam Cole. I could see that he was actually like shivering a little bit. And I asked if he's doing okay. And uh, 
You told me that uh, Adam's cold, baby. <laughs> you motherfucker. Yeah, da, 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 oh, da. man. You, you're a liar. <laughs> you're a scam. You should. <laughs> you should. You All you listeners should see the voices of wrestling Slack chat because all I do pretty much all the time is make stupid jokes like that it's so much fun i i just i had to say it i had to put them out there so but right, let, let's let's move on let's turn the page here yes let's move on let's move on to our uh, another adam another yes another adam technically another adam this is the final main wrestling track of the album track 14 this is the theme song for adam hangman page and the song is called hangman <laughs> Sticks aside, uh, right off the bat, I gotta say, this Hangman Page, he's trying to scoop Ishii's and Machine Gun's heat. You've got the air sirens, you got the cocking guns. I mean, Hangman Page, gimmick infringement, man. All right, back back off. Yeah, listen, I think we need a moratorium on these themes starting with sirens. I mean, yeah. you, we got this, we got Ishii, you got Cesaro, you got Perry Saturn. I mean, enough's enough here. Scott Steiner. Scott, oh. There's another di- different type of siren. That aside, though, uh, I really don't have much to say about this song. Uh, not again. Another, another standard hard rock song. It's not really you know my. It doesn't really get to me like other songs do on this album. Great drumming, great machine gun type drums. Uh, no pun intended there. So yeah, that's all I got to say about it. Really, I enjoy this song a lot because it's basically a carbon copy of another song that I enjoy a lot, and that song is by the band Machine Head, and it's called Imperium. basically the entire track riff for riff section for section it's just it's just an imperium instrumental with a few subtle changes uh and when i realized this my head exploded because in the last track you had three different songs kind of being taped together by kitamura in this song he's just full-on covering imperium which is a tremendous song and I just have to wonder, is this at the request of Adam Page, or did Kitamura just figure, ah, no one's going to notice? Because he he really, even the tempo change at the end, everything, it's Imperium by Machine Head. Uh, So that, I thought, really interesting. I thought we were going to have nothing to talk about with this song, because, you know, when you're watching the show, sometimes it's hard to really make out the songs until you hear them for yourself, you know, on, on your headphones or on speakers or whatever. Until you hear the studio quality version, it's hard to make out what the song is. So I had no idea that this was just Imperium. But hearing it now, wow, makes me wonder if Kitsumura's jacking some other stuff that we're just not privy to. Yeah, I really don't have much to say about this song. Uh, first thing that came to my mind, I mean, it, it's fine. But the first thing that came to my mind, it was like, ah, this is kind of generic but that's just me i mean like i said it's fine it's totally fine it's actually kind of like how adam page is and i know 
some people don't like Adam Page, but I always viewed him as like he's a fine wrestler. So he has a fine theme song. Nothing, nothing stand out. Nothing amazing. Just it's just fine. It's good. It's good enough for him. It's kind of hard to put the standing shooting star press off the apron into a, a song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the um, the rite of passage he does, which is a great move, by the way. So it's kind of hard. It's kind of it's kind of hard to really like capture the essence of Hangman Page. Really, because really not much of an essence to him. He should have just came out to sticks. Yeah, I mean, listen, "Renegade" is a tremendous song. Would have been great here. Unfortunately, would probably would have been copywritten over. Listen, Dennis the Young, he, he's got nothing going on. I'm sure he'd be more than happy to, you know, sign over the master and sync to Kidani. And we can make this happen. We can facilitate this. We, we are a big time podcast after all. Yeah, and we're, we're best buds with Kidani. He's actually in the other room right now. Yeah. Of course. Now, those were all of the main wrestler themes for the album. We have four final tracks now. We'll just really run over them real quickly here. They're really uh, background themes, sort of pay-per-view themes. really nothing much to them. Uh, the first one is a song called Phantom. And this is like, uh, you know, background music for, for packages and stuff, stuff like that, you know? Yeah, for the opening hype videos. They have one of these every year, a different song to use for the whole year. I like this a lot, you know? It gets me in the mood to watch some New Japan. Although I really did love the 2015 theme, Voltage, that they were using that year. Yeah, I did too. That was a hell of a song. When I saw the track listing for this album, like, and I saw this, I was like, I, and I listened to it, and I was like, like I had no idea what it was used for until I looked in our little sheet before our preparation for the show and I said oh it's a video package song like I, I honestly had no idea what it was even when I listened to it the first time <laughs> so but yeah I, I, I really did love Voltage that one's really cool. yeah love that song up next is uh, the theme for Fantastica Mania obviously a Latin influence uh, of course with New Japan and CMLL coming together with the, the, the luchadors coming over to Japan uh, all it does really is make me miss Fuego. That's exactly what I wrote down. <laughs> Fuego, Fuego, Fuego is Fuego is love, Fuego is life. Literally wrote down I miss Fuego. My only note for this song. <laughs> I think we should all just take a moment to collectively miss Fuego on this podcast. Pour one out for Fuego. He's still alive. I, I listen. If if Trent Beretta can say cause love, this is a memory of you, buddy, and he's not dead, then. We'll pour one up for Fuego. It's, it's okay. No, 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 the difference. We love Fuego. Second to last track on the album. This is the theme for Lionsgate. Not the film company. No, 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 no. Very important to recognize that. This is the uh, the New Japan's uh, developmental uh, territory here. Yeah, it's Nagata's vanity project. <laughs> every uh, every Lionsgate show, Nagata comes out. The, the, the arena's all darkened. All of this <laughs> is because of you. Something that I thought, and I actually mentioned this before we went on the air I, I, I had a note about this song that I wanted to share I really wasn't really interested in listening to these four tracks because they, they, they weren't the rest of the themes I was just like eh, okay I'll go through them and I started listening to this song and I came up I guess on the refrain of the song the main body of the song I kept listening to it over and over and over again so it sounded familiar and then it kind of it didn't really hit me but I it kind of posed a question in my mind and, it, and I guess it Something that I was asking myself is, does this sound like Paramore? Huh. I had that. I had that sense, like in the refrain. To me, it felt like all it was missing was Haley Williams' vocals. Interesting. And it would be a Paramore song. Maybe, maybe that's just me. Maybe that's because I listened to Paramore a little bit. But that's that's the kind of vibe I got. Not the whole song, 
but just like the main refrain of the song. Yeah, I, I could kind of see that. But that that's that's a weird a weird connection. But if you, if you've learned anything, Sean, this is a weird connections podcast. So you're right at home. I mean, to be fair, to be fair, I I I do like Paramore. I do think they're a very good band. So they're a nice little band. Riot, good album. All right, the final track of the album, the final of these four little uh, little themes here of the, of the various uh, shows and events. This is the theme for the Super J Cup 2016. You know, fuck the Super J Cup because I wanted Ata to win. So <laughs> fuck this. And fuck everything. Yeah, this song was just a reminder of how disappointing that tournament was. Yeah, I mean, it did have some bright spots. You know, we got to see, uh, you know... Yuma Aoyagi from All Japan. Kaji Tomato. Ka- yeah, Kaji Tomato. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gurukan mask. Any XTC? Oh god. Any guys? Are you holding any? It's very, it's very ravey, very, very ravey dance. Uh, this comes out at a club. Yeah. Are you moving and grooving? I'm moving and grooving. I am. I'm rolling, as they say. I think it's a, a hip, uh, 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 you know, Molly term. I think uh, <laughs> the kids, uh, the kids are doing nowadays. I think. Don't, don't try to be hip. I, I- <laughs> you're gonna break. You're gonna break a hip. That's what's gonna uh, happen. Oh, you! I can just see you in the middle of a club doing that little, that saucy little dance where, like, you put your one hand in the air and then you put the other hand on your tummy and then you oh just like God. shuffle your feet. That's the Andrew Rich dance that I see. I'm anything. I'm anything if not robust and cool on the dance floor. Well, uh, that does it for uh, New Japan Greatest Music Five. That is our first album review in the can. Um, so, guys, what's your favorite track of the album? If you had to give one right off the top of your head, what's your favorite song of the album? For songs that I, that are, I guess, new, I would have to go with Hiromu Takahashi. Obviously, I, as I mentioned earlier, I really love Godo's theme, but that's, aside from the longer intro, that's kind of a theme that we've heard before, or that we're, we're familiar with. Mm-hmm. So, I guess, as far as the new stuff goes, I think Hiromu Takahashi, for me, is one. And then the Kenny Omega Terminator theme chris what about you for me i gotta go with sonata i mean listen we know it's my jam (laughs) jam jam here comes the man hot damn (laughs) damn it man damn it man uh yeah for me this is a tough one as well much like sean what you're saying about you know old versus new themes goto's theme is just fucking crazy good just the epicness of it all uh i might give the newer theme edge to girls of destiny just because of how different it is and how sort of like how much how much effective it is that it's sort of conveying the the sinisterness of the heelishness of the girls of destiny without going over the top crazy. And it, and it fits too because with Omega's theme you can go over the top crazy but with girls of destiny it's a little bit more subtler so give my pick for that favorite new theme. Now as always we look to the fans, the listeners for their inputs on what their favorite uh, tracks are off this uh, album here. Chris, let's read a couple uh, of them, shall we? Uh, let's start with our pal Ferrante, who says, RPG Vice, baby. Now, Ferrante surely hates my guts after this, but uh, but hey, mm-hmm. simpatico with, with you folks. Next up, we have Ren, who says, have to go with Goto's theme, already my favorite, but that extended intro makes it feel even more epic. We have Jojo from Japanese Audio Wrestling, a an excellent, excellent podcast on Live Audio Wrestling Podcast Network. And he goes with Time Bomb. And then he put the little emoji with the face with the stuck out tongue. And then the 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 little gun figure. Clever little tweet there. Yeah. Nice little, nice use of emojis. Uh, we have Goldfather, who says, Sonata, scary theme song. I love it. And listen, I love it too. 
It's a tremendous theme song, and it is very scary. We have our pals over at the Sober World of Sports podcast, a hilarious fucking show, by the way, that everyone should listen to, Sober World of Sports. Mikey says, Osprey's theme gets stuck in my head once I hear, whoa, ho, hey, a." I, I listen, I guess that is a, as accurate of a lyrical translation as we're going to get. And uh, let's close it off with Petty Anxiety Nerd, which is trademarked, by the way, in case uh, in case the Hardys were going to go after that one. And he says, Omega or Adam Cole, baby. He didn't he yeah. didn't do all that. In- he, didn't, he didn't do that. All right. As always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast, Music of the Mat. Just we love you guys so much for listening. Appreciate the feedback, all of it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, we love you. We love Fuego. We love you all. Mostly Fuego. Mostly Fuego. <laughs> Music of the Mat is part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Check it all out. Voicesofwrestling.com. All those podcasts, articles, reviews. It's a great website for all, all sorts of fun stuff with wrestling. Twitter at Music of the Mat on Twitter. Email musicofthemat at gmail.com. Check out the Voices of Wrestling forums, all sorts of great discussions about everything in wrestling, voicesofwrestling.com slash forum. Check out our YouTube playlists, uh, where Chris collects all of the themes from each episode and puts them on a nice playlist on YouTube, uh, Music of the Mad podcast on there. Voicesofwrestling.com slash iTunes. Give us a nice uh, review and rating. We really appreciate that. Uh, Sean, what do you have to plug, sir? You can follow me on Twitter at S-A-S-E-D-O-R. 2994 um you can follow my wrestling thoughts or my thoughts on the uh the overall cwdc universe as i'm a big fan of that though as i mentioned on the flagship uh i recommend that you do not follow me on twitter on the weekends unless you are into nascar (laughs) or any other form of auto racing because i'll be tweeting about that a lot especially since nascar is a very long season as far as my blog uh you can follow it it's actually linked in my on my Twitter page, but it's DX versus NWO nineteen ninety four Very weird name. It was a gamer tag on my <laughs> PlayStation. So, but I pretty much I tried to review a lot. I watch way too much wrestling. I guess I could plug the most recent post I had. Um, I recently discovered that uh, the Fight Network has a Roku app. Yes. And I looked up and I found that, oh, there's all these TNA pay-per-views on there. So my first my first thought was just randomly, oh, I want to watch all the Lethal Lockdown matches. <laughs> so I had two separate posts just going over, not everyone, but most of the Lethal Lockdown matches. If you're into that sort of thing, if you like Lethal Lockdown or if you're a fan of war games or anything like that. but uh, And I got a bunch of other stuff going on on there. I'm like two years behind on certain indies. So, yes, you'll be getting shows or posts on shows from 2015. So, sorry. The wrestling backlog is real. (laughs) It is very, very real. Listen, Sean is one of the most, he's one of the hardest working members of the Voice of Wrestling staff. This guy just cranks out the reviews like nobody's business. Reviews, previews, you name it. And now he's getting into the podcast game Thank you so much for joining us. This was a blast. Yes, thanks so much, Sean. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And I hope to have. I hope to come on again. Absolutely. It's really fun, yeah. And actually, just real quick, I forgot to mention this at the beginning, but I'm also someone who... I really appreciate this podcast because I'm also someone who does come from a musical background. Oh, really? Uh, me and my brother both do. Um, I spent 
well over a decade playing the piano, though it's kind of I kind of cut it off cold once I went to college. But and also, and I also did some musicals in college. Oh, really? Or not college, high school. Really? Yeah. So I do have some experience with that. And then my brother was a he played drums. He too, he does play guitars, and then he also is actually he's a year younger than me, and he does uh, barbershop. Huh. Like barbershop singing. So interesting. Me and my brother are very musically inclined, I guess you could say. So we've done chorus, all that sort of thing. So I'm someone who just really enjoys music. And I mean, r- music's a big part of wrestling. Hey, that's why we do this whole thing. That's, that's very interesting. Uh, a man of many talents, Sean Seedor. And we absolutely have to have you back for when we do some Ring of Honor themes, as well as video game music like we discussed earlier in the show. Yeah, definitely want to have you back for that. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, Chris... Let's look to the future. Let's look to episode seven coming out in a couple weeks time. Uh, we're going back to the theme history part of our podcast. You know, before we've done you know a singles wrestler, we've done a WrestleMania themes. We've done a faction theme with the NWO. We are doing our first ever tag team theme history. And we're doing it on a couple of guys who reek of awesomeness and who recently started a podcast of their own. Of course, I'm talking about Edge and Christian. Or as Howard Finger likes to call them, Christian and Edge. Howard Finger can do whatever he wants. He's an amazing man. Hey, l- listen, it's it, the, tech, the team's called E and C, but I guess you know Fink, ne- Fink never got the memo, unfortunately. So yep, uh, E and C, Edge and Christian, we're looking at both of their themes, tracking their theme histories throughout their careers. Uh, so yeah, Edge and Christian, episode seven is coming up real soon. Chris, as always, thank you for being on this podcast with me. Thanks to Sean Cedar, of course. Uh, what do we learn, guys? What, what do we what do we get away from all, of all this stuff? All this, all this fun. New Japan has some pretty awesome theme music, and we all miss Fuego, and he should be on every New Japan show <laughs> simultaneously with CMLL and also <laughs> other companies. Um, he should be cloned about seventy times <laughs> and just shipped out to every promotion, oh. and just dance. But he doesn't even have to work. <laughs> Just dance before every show. And yes. I want to hear his theme music. And uh, we have to do a Fuego episode. <laughs> and um, I, I miss Fuego. And I want yes. him back in my life. And I should probably just watch CMLL. You know, we have to have like J.R. Goldberg on or something and just talk about Fuego's theme. That'd be incredible. You know, I really like Fuego, guys. You know what I learned on this podcast? <laughs> it turns out that uh, Adam Cole's favorite U2 album is Achtung, oh baby! Oh, God. Music of the Mad is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.